0: All right, Dad, do you want the complete blueprint to master your fitness, nutrition, and fatherhood? Well, I'm currently taking new clients for a limited time but unlimited gains. Contact me. Information is below.
1: Yeah, I can hear you fine.
0: Perfect. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dad Fit Podcast. Here with the dude Scott. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well, man. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. I had a decent lifting session in this morning after this uh filming. I'll probably go for a little run before the family gets home because once they get home I know I have zero time for myself. So
1: <laughs> Embrace the chaos, man. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it, man
0: chaos is the perfect word for when they get home. It's just I don't even I don't even know. I don't even know how it happens sometimes, but
1: we've all been there.
0: Yeah. So, can you tell us a bit about your background? I know you have a tremendous weight loss story which we can get into, but um just a little bit about yourself. Where you're from, things you like to do for fun on the weekends.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh you know I'm I'm th- I'm 37 and uh I've I've lived in Wisconsin most of my life outside of uh when I spent some time in the Marine Corps. Um I went into the Marine Corps at you know when I was 19 years old back in 2005 and got out in 2009 and um my wife and I we moved to uh Milwaukee and we spent about a decade there. Um about 5 years ago we we moved up north to uh northern Wisconsin here uh, was where most of our family is. You know, I grew up with my wife, uh, you know, I, I proposed to her in sixth grade by the tornado slide. She turned me down at that point, but I eventually wore her down and she, she accepted my proposal, um, at a, age 19, but, um, we moved back North after being away for about 15 years and, um, we've been back for almost five now. So
0: that's hilarious. So what is that, 11 to 19 so you had 8 years of just wearing her down until she finally said
1: yes. just about yeah i mean i i asked her out about you know every other week in high school and she she said no all the way up until she uh until I was after out of boot camp and uh i don't know, i think it was the uniform that finally broke her
0: yeah definitely uniforms will get you <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> my wife uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> it's uniform related, but <laughs> <laughs> for the Marine Corps, huh? How'd you decide that branch?
1: Well, uh, I was actually going to go into the, uh, the Navy first. Um, I had, I'd filled out all my paperwork and I, I have some family members that were in the Navy and I'd filled out all my paperwork for MEPS and, uh, it, it was all, all set to go. I was going to go in about, I think it was like a month later, I was going to go to MEPS and get uh, enlisted And then I went to go drop off all my knee surgery paperwork at the recruiter's office. And the, uh, the army recruiter pulled me aside and he's like, you know, Hey, come talk to me for a minute. And I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. I'll come talk to you, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, he, he offered me, I think it was 20 grand and there was a laptop and I could go into ranger school if I wanted. And, um, you know, talked to him for a little while. And then the the Marine Corps recruiter came in and he's like, well, when you're done there, come over by me. And I was like, I got time why not you know and um went and sat down with him and uh you know he's like well what is what's the army offering you and i told him you know 20 grand in the laptop and i can go to ranger school and um you know what about the navy and i said it's pretty similar i couldn't remember exactly what it was but pretty similar and um he said i'll i'll offer you a ticket to boot camp and and that's about as far as it's gonna go <laughs> and i sat there for a minute and i'm like i love that <laughs> Let's go, man. And so then my recruiter in uh he he's in practically in dress uniform. He was in he was in dress deltas and him and I unfolded a, a coat hanger and we sat on the floor of the recruiting office fishing my MEPS paperwork out from underneath the, the Navy recruiter's door. Oh my. And we got it out. I'm not we're we're sitting there in the middle of this floor with a with a coat hanger fishing this thing out of out from underneath his office door. We finally got it out and then we called them up on Monday and said, I'm I'm changing. I'm going to the Marine Corps instead.
0: Oh my God. That's an awesome story. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. I mean, I expect them to, uh, to try to pull you in and everything like that, but I'll I'll give you a ticket and we'll just go fishing.
1: (laughs) That's it. I mean, I'm going to give you a ticket and I'm not offering you anything else. And it's like, I, I can totally respect that i love it there's it was just it connected with me
0: yeah yeah i honestly i mean that, that resonates pretty well with me too so
1: <laughs> yeah I
0: can, I can get behind that and be like oh that sounds like the hardest worst possible path and for some reason i'm drawn towards things like that
1: <laughs> me too let's make this as difficult as humanly possible
0: <laughs> i pick on my wife all the time and tell her that she lives she likes to live life on hard mode and I, I, I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm like mirroring what I actually feel. Cause I, <laughs> I tend to right? just make it as difficult as possible for some reason.
1: It, you know, it kind of grows on you.
0: Yeah. There's, there's uh yeah. there's joy in the misery and the pain. I don't, I don't know what it is. And it's nice when I, <laughs> when I meet other people who are like, yeah,
1: <laughs> let's take this as difficult as a way as we can make it.
0: Uh, that's funny. So I know I touched on it briefly in the beginning with your weight loss journey, but were you were you a big dude for the Marines when you got when you started or how did that all happen?
1: I wasn't. Um so back in back in high school I was, you know, I was very athletic. I, I did track, um, football, wrestling, um, you know, kind of back and forth. When I was a little bit younger, I, I went up and down in my weight a bit. My uh my father had passed away when I was thirteen. And when he had passed away I had gained some weight and um, kind of fell off a little bit. And then when I was about a sophomore in high school, I started to turn it around and get back into shape and started doing athletics again. Um, and then when I turned 18, you know, I moved away and, um, started training for just running races, um, doing five K's and things like that. My dad was a huge runner. And so I was doing that and, um, went into the Marine Corps tremendous shape, you know, I was running 18 and a half minute, five K's and, um, doing all that and then um when I got out is when I started a struggle with my weight. Yeah. Yep. Um a couple knee surgeries later and you know it it's uh it it slowed me down, you know, to the point when with with like you start making a little bit of progress to get back in shape and then you know you, you tear your meniscus for a third time and it's like all right. Well, I guess we'll just put that put that on hold. <laughs>
0: I hate knees. They're so, they're terrifying to me. They're just so poorly designed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: hate
1: but you yeah. have to use them for everything.
0: I know. They're so integral. Yeah. For how, like, I mean, just being a human walking around, we're upright and everything. So they're right they're built well for that and for running. But other than that, <laughs> they suck.
1: <laughs> well, and the first time I tore my knee, it, it tore. So it would have been almost exactly how it needed to be. Like it, it, it tore, it was, uh, my meniscus was overgrown somehow. And so it tore perfectly in high school the first time I tore it. But then I was doing all the, uh, a bunch of physical therapy before surgery and that actually made it worse. And so the original tear would have actually made it how it was meant to be. And then doing a bunch of therapy when it wasn't ready and made it worse.
0: Was that just uh, oversight from the doctors advising that? Or was that kind of you being stubborn?
1: No, nope, that was, uh, so I, I had toured in high school originally doing, uh, just some basic back squats and, um, Jeez. our, our school trainer was uh, a chiropractor in town. Oh. And so if you, if you had any type of injury, you were going to, the, to his office to get it taken care of and everything and best of intentions on his part. But, um, you know, cause he was trying to keep my range of motion while I was waiting for surgery. Yeah. And so while we were doing that and doing all the work on it, it just broke down more than it should have. Yeah.
0: Unfortunate. Yeah. Like I said, no. knees, knees suck, man. Knees suck. <laughs> oh yeah. That's like, I don't know. I remember watching a video when I was younger of a girl running track and she kicked too hard and just hyper extended and just smashed and landed on it. I was like,
1: Oh my God, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch it again.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, naturally. Cause I, yeah i I liked it but i didn't at
1: all (laughs) no it's like you see a football injury like you know that torn achilles and you don't want to have to look but you (laughs) you have to watch it six or seven times
0: yeah 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 so goofy how that works so have you done any races i know you said your dad was a big runner you kind of trained for stuff did you actually get to do some races
1: yeah, I, I did some when I was younger, um, a lot of five K's, but so before he passed away, he always wanted to run a marathon. That was one thing he, he talked about it for years. And, um, so he was a shift worker at a paper mill for his entire adult life. And I remember being a kid, like he'd get off a third shift at 6. AM and he's waking us up at six 30. Cause we have a two hour drive to get over to, to Colby or to, to grand view, to go to a race for him. He'd run his race at nine in the morning. And then we'd hop back in the vehicle and come back home by noon, and and do it all over the next weekend. It's we did. I mean, we were doing that all the time as kids. And then wow. um, I kind of want one of my goals is to try and finish what he had done uh, for the marathons. And um, this past summer, I really started to get back into running uh, quite a bit uh, after I dropped. Um, I think I was at about eighty pounds of weight loss, and then I started slowly uh, getting back into running and. Um, on October 14th, I did the Whistle Stop Half Marathon up in Ashland, Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, now next summer, or next year, I plan to do uh, five half marathons and then the, the Whistle Stop Full Marathon. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's gonna be,
0: I, I think you're gonna cry. Like, <laughs> I don't- I I'm don't pretty know sure I will. Well, but that's yeah. a huge accomplishment and very emotional on so many levels.
1: Oh, for sure. and. and I mean, it was so cool this last time doing the half marathon because, um, A, my, my plan was to I I had two goals. Uh, first one was don't embarrass myself. And then the (laughs) second one was finishing under two hours. And, you know, I, we, we left and, uh, we, we left the, the depot and, um, at the three mile mark, I got to see my, my wife and kids, they, they were at the the turn to, to cheer me on, which was great because it was a, a cold and rainy morning. I think it was like 34 degrees and, um, we had freezing rain and. I had worn a long sleeve shirt and I was already starting to sweat because, you know, three miles and it was perfect to get to see them because I could toss them my my sweaty, nasty shirt. (laughs) And then I got to they were uh, they were at the six mile mark, which was cool. So there's all these like every mile and a half, two miles. There's a interval with with water and things. And I wasn't expecting to see them because they were going to go birthday party shopping for uh, one of their cousins. But they decided to just make that stop and uh, say hi to me. And so I got to see them then and it kind of gave me a boost. And um, then before I know it, like I'm coming to the end and I finished in an hour and 45 minutes. So 15 minutes ahead of what I had even wanted to do. Um, So that was really sweet because like they kept trying to catch up to me. Like they saw me at the six mile and then they thought they would see me again at nine and 12. But by the time that they got there, I was already (laughs) past it because I was way ahead of my, my normal pace.
0: That's awesome. That must've felt great.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. it's One of those days when you like, you could felt like, you know, feel like you could go for another 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you hire a coach to help you with the training on that? Or did you program it yourself?
1: I, I didn't. I, uh, I talked to a lot of different people about just, you know, bits and pieces of what's worked for them. And, um, I kind of just soaked up knowledge, uh, as far as it goes. Um, basically what happened was, uh, last year or in, uh, 2021, I had gotten the COVID vaccine and, um, I got, I was sick for eight months. Like I honestly thought I could die wow. from it at that point. Like I was really sick for eight months and one sickness after another. And, um, in may of 22, um, I was, I was at the grocery store and, uh, we, we were going to have grilled cheeses for dinner. And so um, I'm at the store and I'm, I got bread out and I was looking at the bread ingredients and there was 26 ingredients on there. And I called my wife and I asked her how many ingredients her homemade bread had. And she said five or six, depending on how she does it. And I'm like, you know, there has to be a better way like than than this. And so I basically I'm I'm a researcher, like I love to research anything, just usually yeah. random stuff <laughs> and. So I spent several months just looking at all the different diets that are out there, all the different uh, programs that are out there, and then I thought I, I took everything that I thought that I could do long term and yeah. combined it into one because I don't. What I didn't want to have happen was start stop start stop because that's kind of what my pattern was for years. Yeah. And so I I took all of this information and on November twentieth of last year I started. And, uh, over the course of, well, almost a year, you know, took off 111, hundred and eleven, hundred and twelve pounds, depending on the day.
0: That's amazing, man. That's, <laughs> that's gotta feel so good just because not only it was, it was almost like, I mean, you did it all yourself, which is awesome props to you for that one. But just, I, I, I have a little, like, I feel envious sometimes when people talk about like, insane journeys either weight loss or any of that stuff because i've never i mean i'm pretty like mellow as far as journey for me go so i'm slightly envious whenever i hear about it just because i know i love accomplishing things and something that grandiose must just like i don't know i would not be able to sleep for a while because i would just be grinning so much all the time so the that's that's amazing for you man i'm happy (laughs)
1: Well, I appreciate that. And and that's, I mean, honestly, that's how it kind of went about was like every day I was smiling from ear to ear trying to think of like, what was the next step in that? And I was really lucky. And I, throughout the whole process, I never really had a major plateau throughout. Um, And so I would, I would incrementally increase or change what I was doing based on feeling a plateau coming. You know, like I think the longest I went without a weight loss was probably four days throughout. Um, You know, whether it was, you know, a pound or two pounds a week, there's usually at least some type of loss throughout each week. Um, and so it was it was really great to stay motivated and easy to stay motivated because I'm continuing to see progress throughout. And as soon as I was getting near a plateau, or I felt like I was, I'm changing up everything that I'm doing to to accommodate that and ch- keep, you know, my body going.
0: Yeah. So what, based on all your research and your uh, amalgamation of everything, what did you end up settling on? I know you said you kind of combined different aspects of different diets. So what specifically did you tailor it for you?
1: Well, um, so first off, so I took what I did in, in 2016, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, or no, my brother and I had done a lot of uh, weight loss together. So we had each lost about 51 pounds in 2016. Okay. And then regained 55 pounds in the same calendar year because <laughs> there was there, there was no uh, diet and there was no long-term plan to it. It was just lose weight and see what happens. Like I, I specifically remember bragging to so many people, like I could eat whatever I wanted and still lose weight, which is, was absolutely true. I could eat whatever, I could have ice cream every day with my kids and still lose weight based on what I was doing, but there was no long-term plan for it. And so what I ended up doing was, I took the uh, animal-based diet from Dr. Paul Saladino and the uh, carnivore diet with uh, Dr. Sean Baker, combined them into one. So I'm having meat, eggs, fruit, and raw honey. Basically, um, some days I'll have that. If I'm doing a lot of cardio, I would add in that fruit and raw honey. And then if it was more weight training, I would do carnivore days um, and just mostly have meat that day. And uh, I did that for about seven months while just walking. So for seven months, all I, or actually about six months, all I did was walk. I would do anywhere from 50 to 75,000 steps a day. Um,
0: oh my God. <laughs> I'm
1: not, my best was 112.5. Wow. <laughs> and you know, it, whether I'm just standing in the living room, stepping in place while we're watching family movies or yeah. I, you know, go for a long walk in the evening after the kids go to bed. Like I would just walk and put on a million steps a day. It felt like, and that's how I lost the first 55 pounds was just eating that way and just walking. And it was, it was awesome. But then I got to, I had, I remember I hit 227 and that was the number that I was at in 2016 when I hit a major plateau. And so I preemptively changed it. And so then I moved away from stepping so much and started adding in some cardio. And so, and I didn't add cardio earlier than that because my knees suck and I didn't oh, yeah, want to burn did. them out <laughs> earlier than I needed to. Yeah. And so I started doing the elliptical at that point and um, doing about an hour and a half to two hours on the elliptical a day. And, bringing my steps from doing like four or five hours of, of walking to about 45 minutes of walking plus the cardio. So totally different. Um, and that brought me all the way down to, uh, just under 200. Uh, so that next, uh, 27, 28 pounds or so. And then once I got below 200, I switched to a mix of, uh, the cardio or, or running mostly, and then weight training. And then that brought me down past, uh, you know, where I'm at now, just about 183, 184.
0: To 100,000 yeah. steps in a day. It's just mind-boggling.
1: Now it's about, now it's about 30. Cause like now I wake up at, you know, I wake up at 4am and I'm already, by the time that I, uh, I get to work at eight in the morning, I'm usually at about 17, 18,000 steps already just from working out in the morning.
0: Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. It. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit. I look. I mean, I I check my garment every week for like a recap of what I did the past week or so, and the past I don't know four or five months, I'd say. I'm averaging about five thousand steps a day, maybe. And it's like yeah. I got I got to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the numbers are arbitrary because I I still am pretty fit and. Cardio-wise, yeah. I'm alright, and I still do my sprints and my zone two stuff. But yeah, on average, just because of the days where I don't run, I get like two thousand steps, and it's like, right, man, that's bad. <laughs> two well, thousand. you're you're doing that for breakfast, man.
1: <laughs> I well, I have to because you know by the time the the kids come home from school, you know it's yeah it's chaos. game over. <laughs> You know, and they're at the point now that they're trying to work out and they're trying to to do things with me, uh, down you know down in, downstairs in the gym, and so my time has to be early because otherwise they're gonna miss out on their opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a huge shift in my training and mindset since becoming a okay. father, because I I mean I would always just train regardless mm-hmm. if, if if it was scheduled, I didn't care if something came up, I wasn't gonna go, I was gonna go train but now yeah. that I, now that I'm a father it's like well I actually really would rather spend time with the kids because I actually <laughs> like my kids so they they're, they're way more important than if I get a lift in so it's yeah definitely hard harder to try to find those hours and find the time to lift appropriately and as intense as I used to I definitely don't sense becoming a father and recently I've been okay with that I've, it's mm-hmm. taken me a while to like accept that this is like the new norm for a while until they're older. And then maybe if I'm into it again as hardcore, then I can go lift multiple times a day if I want to. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely been a fairly big mental shift for me personally since becoming a father's like, I I would rather, I don't want to be here for hours. I want to go hang out with my kids cause they're going to grow up and they are growing up so fast and, mm-hmm. I always say yes, if they ask me to do something. So it's, it's a nice shift to be able to
1: do that. Well, and to be able to, you know, like I I remember when I was at my heaviest, I was, I remember saying like, you know, there's either there's no time or I'm, I'm giving all of my time to my kids. And so then I'm too exhausted to do it myself. But now that I've I've lost weight, now I'm in, in really good shape. And now all of a sudden, like I have endless amounts of energy to be able to keep up with them. Like I'm, you know, I've by the time that they wake up in the morning, I've got an hour and a half of working out under my belt, and I'm ready to go still at eight thirty when I'm putting them to bed. And you know, now they're keeping up with me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids?
1: Uh, I've got a nine-year-old boy, and then a six and two-year-old girls.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah, so I have a eleven-year-old. Mm-hmm or 10 year old daughter. And then like a 19 month old or something like a little baby. I don't know what she is. She yeah. is... <laughs> <laughs> so, the little yeah. one. I was, I was just curious. Cause you said that I'm assuming the older ones a little more interested now in maybe, Oh, what's dad doing lifting or something or running? Maybe I'll go run for him. But <laughs> my point with that is my oldest, she has less than zero interest. <laughs> As much as I try, I always ask you, like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go for a run. You want to go? She's like,
1: absolutely. Yeah. But, all right. it, it really depends. Like my nine-year-old boy, he, if I go running, he wants to ride his bike with me or he'll want to run with me. Um, Cause so he's a, he's a wrestler and he's, he's a good wrestler. Um, and right now he's at the point where wrestling is two months away. So he's, he's doing a lot of work to try and get in shape for wrestling. So he's doing basketball on the weekends and um, he'll run with me, ride his bike and all of that. And my six-year-old, she's like, she's like the girliest girl possible. She wears a dress in the middle of winter. Doesn't matter what. She's always, you know, she's got the pretty blonde hair, but she's also a wrestler and she's also a brute. So she's she'll she'll wear a dress and then kick your ass and have, feel nothing bad about it, you know. So like, I'll go weightlifting in the basement, and she'll want to come down there with me and hop on the Smith machine and try and do bench presses. Jeez. And, you know, like, he's not interested at all in that. But she's six years old in a dress, ready to go lift weights.
0: Oh, my God. That's They're so different. It's so wild sometimes seeing their little personalities.
1: It's awesome, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Oh Man, that would be humbling to get your ass beat by a six-year-old in a dress.
1: I know, right? Really quick. Yeah. All right,
0: dad. Jim. Or home workout? Leave some comments below. I'm curious where you're all getting those gains from. That's cool. I didn't know. uh, I mean, they didn't. I'm trying to think back when I was in school. I think I'm the same age as you, 36 or 37, something like that. But Mm -hmm. I don't remember if girls wrestled in my school. Well, It's a really small town in upstate New York. So I, I don't know if they weren't allowed or they just weren't interested. I don't even know.
1: I know in, in Wisconsin, there was always some girls in wrestling, but you know, once you hit puberty, if your hips grow as a girl, you, you lose a lot of that competitive advantage. Um, especially if you're above a, well, you know, like a one ten weight class in wrestling. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's always girls that can compete with the boys. Uh, but in high school, it gets a lot tougher now, last year, And there was only a couple hundred female wrestlers in the state of Wisconsin at that time. And now last year, Wisconsin created a whole separate uh, girls division for wrestling. And so now there's thousands of girls that have joined wrestling in the, in the state over the last year and a half. And it's so cool because now you go down to state and there's a separate girls division. And you watch these girls down there that have been wrestling for years (laughs) that have been held back and are just killing it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, It's, It's cool. Like I was talking to one of the coaches from uh, one of our, our rival schools and um, both of his girls made state last year and dudes just grinning ear to ear. And like, (laughs) it's like, that is awesome.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's such a, wrestling is such a amazing skill for like life in general because of the insane amount of discipline required, the just, the strength, the the agility, yeah. every literally everything about wrestling is amazing, and especially for women. Um, my oldest is in jujitsu at least, so she has oh. something going for her physically. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she would just play video games all the time. But, right. Yeah, but yeah, especially I think for women, any sort of grappling and jujitsu primarily. And I'm a bit biased because of the the chokes and everything, but. Oh man, if if she had started with wrestling, she would just be a powerhouse right now.
1: Oh, for sure. Especially if she, she started with wrestling and then moved into jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did jujitsu for a while, and whenever there was a wrestler there, you could tell because they were just like obnoxiously aggressive, super strong. <laughs> they were just like bullheaded. Which was which was great for wrestling, not necessarily for jujitsu, right. but you could you could definitely tell like oh you are a wrestler, huh? He said yeah.
1: <laughs> you gotta find the balance. <laughs>
0: awesome. You said you did wrestling right and track and stuff.
1: Yeah, so um, track I was uh, I was a thrower, and so oh, okay. we uh, you, you know shot put and discus, and we always brought our little hibachi grill with us on all the away track meets we'd always grill out like brats and burgers. And so, you know, the, the, throwers we'd be the first ones done and then we're grilling out. And, uh, I remember one time when, you know, none of us had were runners on the, the thrower side, but then, um, there's a couple of the, the kids that had gotten uh food poisoning that day. And uh, they asked us if we would run the four by 100. And I mean, it was absolutely a train wreck. <laughs> but we did it and none of us fell, which was great. And we had already just, we had just eaten, you know, from our grill, which was (laughs) even better. We didn't fall. So we, we made that. And then uh, for wrestling, um, I did it all the way through uh, fifth grade. Uh, And then I took a couple year hiatus and then I, I started up again in high school and that was always my favorite sport.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it now, as I'm older and more into fitness I definitely wish I had of a, a grappling background just because I mean, I did boxing and stuff as well. So mm-hmm. anytime I'd come up against a grappler, I would just get demolished. Like I can out punch you all day, but you're just going to tackle me. And then I can't do shit. Once you've got a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Once he get in yeah. and grab me, I'm done. It's,
1: it's an insanely
0: right. useful skill for real life.
1: I know when my, my brother, he's got uh, three boys that are about the same age as my kids and, uh, my oldest, whenever we're there, you know, they're always wrestling. They're a bunch of boys and you know, it doesn't matter if you're younger than him or older than him. He's got you. He's got you. Cause he's, he's also got these ridiculously long legs. And so like he'll get a hold of one of his cousins and get them down and he'll throw in a leg and then it's just, it's over. <laughs> I, I love the kid. He, he has virtually no upper body strength. But he is really, really good at wrestling because he ties people up and he'll just, he'll win by points over and over and over. Like uh, I, the, not last year, but the year before he went uh, 12 and one in his season and all 13 of his matches went all, all three rounds. He didn't win one by pin or get pinned uh, until his very last match he got pinned. And it's like the dude just, he just goes and wears them down the whole match. <laughs> like great endurance but
0: that's funny so what's your training looking like these days i know you said you got you said five half marathons you got scheduled for next year
1: yep i'm gonna do five next year um and then one full full marathon at the end of the year um so now what i'm doing is i'll do uh usually uh p90x there's a uh Nice. Uh, it's uh, the, the Kenpo one, the Kenpo karate. Yeah. Uh, I'll do that uh, for about, so I'll, I'll go through a whole series and then I'll rewind it and go through, I'll do it twice. So I get about 90 minutes worth. Um, wake up at four in the morning, start at 4.30 um, and I'll do that till six. And then my wife and I'll wake the kids up for school and they get on the bus at 6.45. And then by, you know, 6.50, I'm back downstairs and... I'll either I'll either go on the elliptical for a half hour forty five minutes or I'll go for a half hour forty minute run. Um, do that, come home, quick shower, and I'll get to work by eight. And uh, once I finish work, um, I'll pick up the kids from school, and then I'll uh, you know I usually lift with my my daughter and my son for um, you know about half hour forty five minutes while I make dinner. So it's up and down the stairs, back and forth, back and forth, making dinner and and getting in a set over and over and um, do that. And then uh, that's what I usually do during the week. And then on the weekends, I primarily focus on weightlifting um, so I can focus a little bit more time to it. So um, during the week when I lift uh, while I'm making dinner, it's usually um, the uh, more resistance training with uh, different things. the body weights and things like that. And then I'll, I'll hit weights harder on the weekends. Nice.
0: Does your wife participate with you guys in all this?
1: She thought I was nuts at first. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know how, you know, the the old saying that, you know, life, love is blind, right? Well, like my wife, she finds all these old pictures of me from just a year and a half ago. And she's like, I really don't remember you looking like that. I'm like, yeah, me neither. I didn't remember me looking like, you know, that terrible either, but thanks. You know, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Backhanded compliment. <laughs>
1: right. Well, she, uh, she, um, when I started doing the, the food side, she thought I was just nuts. Cause like I left out every vegetable, you know, and she loves vegetables. She has a, a gigantic 60 by 60 garden and she, nice. uh, she processed like 200 gallons of vegetables this year. Uh, into canning and things like that. And, um, you know, now over the, after I've moved past that initial stage, I've added all that back in for the most part uh, on the whole food side, but she thought I was nuts until she started seeing me like having real results. And then she jumped on it with the, uh, the diet side and she's dropped, I think she's dropped 36 or 37 pounds now herself. Um, And she's, she's looking great she's uh she's enjoying it now she's gonna start adding in um she's she's passed the the hard part of her year so a lot of her work would take her from 7 a.m till 7 p.m most days and that subsides now throughout for the next you know eight months or so and so now that she's she's past that hard point now she's going to start focusing herself. Um, she's going to start waking up early at the same time as me. She wants to start doing some of that early morning stuff before the kids get up.
0: That's awesome. Do you think you inspired her for all of that? Or is she kind of had that in her past and it's kind of being rekindled or.
1: No, I think, I think my crazy has rubbed off on her is what it is.
0: <laughs> good, <laughs> it's like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. In a good way, you know, like it's uh you know, the way that I, I put it to her was like for myself, like I can come up with 10,000 reasons not to work out at five in the afternoon or seven in the afternoon. Like I, I could think of reasons all day not to. I got a hangnail. I got a headache. I long day at work. You know, it doesn't matter. I'll I'll, I'll find an excuse. But yeah. there's there's not really an excuse I can come up with at four in the morning other than I just want to sleep. <laughs> you know, like, the, the excuses run pretty dry at that hour for me. And... Wow. So now that I've started doing that and, um, my, my energy levels somehow I've, uh, cause I, I was a, a late night person, so I'd be up till midnight and now I'm in bed at, at nine o'clock with her. And now my energy is like just through the roof every day, no, even though I'm waking just, up really early.
0: You just went in every day, man.
1: I'm all right with that.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, you could be. <laughs> That's, that's people's goals in life right there. Wake up early, be full of energy, get a workout in, eat some steaks and just go kick the rest of the day's ass.
1: <laughs> right. Like last Friday on the the Marine Corps birthday, um, you know, we, my, my kids had a veterans day program and, uh, my uncle, he was, uh, he was in the Navy and he came up, uh, my kids invited him to the, the program. And so he came and spent the night with us. And, um, in the morning i got up and I, I did my normal p90x routine and then i went out for a, a seven mile run before the program and um i got back to the house and well he's he's well, how are you how are you doing there and i was like well looked at my watch i was like well it's it's uh eight in the morning and i've got twenty-two thousand five hundred steps i've i've got 180 minutes of working out and uh, i'm feeling pretty good you ready to go <laughs> Yeah, he's,
0: he's sitting there rubbing his
1: eyes waking up. well it, he, he's rubbing his eyes but i mean he's his own story uh when i started i actually um i started losing all this weight and it inspired him to to do something um he almost so he was pretty or he was diabetic for 12 years and uh last year or the year before almost lost his foot and his eyesight um and then i started doing all this work and i started sharing with him what i've been doing and so he decided to do it himself and the man dropped 60 pounds and uh i mean his his blood sugar went from an average of 350 to an average of 106. uh he's almost completely reversed his type 2 diabetes and nice. it's like yeah it, he's doing it just by diet
0: yeah 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 <laughs> tell him to throw in some cardio and some exercise and some strength training he'll uh completely reverse type 2 that's amazing yeah
1: he started, uh, he's going to, he, uh, picked up some adjustable dumbbells. He's going to start doing some, some weight training at home and take that next step.
0: Nice. That's awesome, man. That's, that's one of the biggest like things that I love about being a coach specifically is just being able to inspire people to improve their lives like that. I mean, I know you're not necessarily a coach, but you are setting the standard for your family and that's, something so important and that's got to make you feel amazing
1: it it makes me feel really good when my kids will ask me is this a healthy snack or is this not a healthy snack you know like when now they're they're seeing food completely different than how i viewed food as a kid um and when i was when i was a kid if there was you know a, a package of you know hostesses or whatever was out on the counter you know that's you know you grabbed it and you went there wasn't really any any education behind it and that's through no fault of my parents there wasn't there wasn't knowledge behind it back then you know there was a the food pyramid you eat a bunch of eat a bunch of cereal and, and move on with the plan of your day you know my mom thought she was doing the right thing by giving us oatmeal every other hour yeah
0: you
1: yeah. know, all and
0: the, all the low-fat foods that were pushed on all of us yeah up. it was like so wrong.
1: Yep. It's, it's completely wrong, you know, and like, uh, one thing we do at our house is, uh, I like my kids, they love who does you know, all kids love ice cream, you know? And so what we'll actually do is we'll actually make uh yogurt ice cream. So we'll take, uh, either, you know, zero or 2% or even the, the full fat, uh, uh, Greek yogurt, and the kids can throw in a, um, Throwing some peanuts or some apples or strawberries or whatever, and they can make that, and then we'll put it in the freezer before dinner. And then by the time that we're done with dinner, they've got strawberry ice cream in, in nice. their own way, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's Greek yogurt and strawberries, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's like ten xing their health because not only is good for them and it tastes great, it curbs their <laughs> sugar cravings and all that stuff, but it's just like setting them up for their future life of when they actually do like indulge in some ice cream, they're going to only take a little bit because it's obnoxiously sweet. And they're like, Oh man, I can't, I can't eat this. It's like 70% of sugar. And yeah, that's such a huge win in my book.
1: Like, I don't remember who I was talking to. Um, It was one of of the coaches that I talked to just, you know, as friends and uh, they're from overseas. And I remember talking about bread one day and he had mentioned how bread in America tastes like cake. (laughs) <laughs> because of all the sugar and it's like wow that that makes so much sense like the yeah. the sweetness it tastes like a cake not not just bread and that's why like my wife's bread is she'll make she makes homemade sourdough every weekend and it's got you know like one tenth of the sugar as a bread from the store yeah but it tastes 10 times better
0: yeah it does <laughs> Oh man! I want homemade bread. No, <laughs> I love that stuff.
1: Go with homemade sourdough; it's even better. Yeah,
0: like,
1: yeah. Uh, it's 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 terrible. I mean, she'll she'll make she'll make homemade sourdough if like if we want to have pancakes, you know, for dinner one night. She'll plan it a couple days ahead. She'll make uh, homemade sourdough pancakes for us, so we'll have the batter as sourdough pancake batter or uh, uh, sourdough pizza crust if she makes a homemade pizza. Yeah.
0: Too many wins, Scott. I can't deal with it.
1: <laughs> I'm sharing with you right now, Barry. You could take this, you know, take this to yourself, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's a great win. Yeah. It really is.
0: Scott, who would you say your heroes are, man?
1: Oh, my mom. Yeah. My mom so, not even a little bit. You know, my dad passed away when I was 13. I had. So I, I had two, old, two older siblings, I mean, much older, I had 12 and 10 years old. We always tell my sister, Steph, she's like 98 at this point. <laughs>
0: it's going to be my daughter. <laughs> it's like a 10-year gap.
1: We have my six-year-old convinced that Auntie Steph is 98 years old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's savage. <man. laughs>
1: Meanwhile, Steph is sitting there at 48 like, really? Yeah, come on. <laughs> She hates you all. <laughs> I, what was the question? I forgot. I, I got too busy picking on my sister.
0: <laughs> that happens. I said, you're, you're heroes. You
1: know, oh, you're heroes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my I have two older siblings that are, you know, a bit older. And then uh, my brother, James, he's only a year and a half older than me. And then my younger sister, she's six years younger than me. And so when my dad passed, my mom had a almost 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a six-year-old in the house that she had to figure out. And she was a stay-at-home mom. So she had she, she had been a stay-at-home mom for 25 years at this point. So she had, you know, other than, you know, like winter uh, working for, for extra money to pay the bills, you know, she doesn't have a lot of work experience, and she's got to pull it all together for her whole family. And that summer after he had passed, so he passed away in April, and then uh, at the end of the school year, my, my brother and I, we went down a couple hours south to go spend, uh, summer with my aunt and uncle. And so we were down there by them. We went out to, uh, our, uh, grandparents' farm and we were farming with them every other day. We're, we're in the barn, uh, helping milk cows and, uh, you know, taking care of calves and doing that almost every single day for a whole summer to, uh, you know, kind of clear your head and break up that space a little bit. And, um, we did that the whole summer. And by the time we got back, my, my ma had, she had taken care of everything. You know, she was, she had figured out the, the social security side from my dad and his pension and she was starting to work and she was, she had gotten everything in order while we were away down for the the summer. But it's like over the course of one summer, she put it all together for her family. And I mean, she took care of everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's I would pick your mom as a hero too. That's, I can't even imagine that. Uh, I mean, when it comes to family related stuff like that, there literally is no other option. It's it's not a binary choice. You just do it. and
1: You just have to figure it out. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Man. That's intense. Yeah. Uh, going, going through the farm stuff. So I grew up, uh, like I said, upstate New York, small town. And I worked on a dairy farm like that so I can I can relate to the <laughs> awful summers of <laughs> choking <laughs> the hay and the shit and just baling hay and milking the cows. And I honestly, now that I, I mean, I have a white collar job now, so it's, I reminisce about the days when I mm-hmm. used to be able to just be in the fields and hang out with cows and stuff. And it seems so goofy because I couldn't wait to get away from it at the time, but now it's like, uh. Nostalgia. Now
1: you'd go back and do it in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, now I'd volunteer to do it. Like, hey, Chuck, <laughs> you want some help over the summer? I need to get out of Long Island.
1: <laughs> right? Uh, Take 20, some time to get up there and sling some shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember one summer, so the the baler on his wagon, it broke. So it was, it was just a small farm, small dairy farm, me and the owner. And so he would drive the tractor in front and bail the hay, and then I would have to get out and just throw the <laughs> – throw the 80 or 90 pound bale of hay up into the wagon i was like i don't know 13 or 14 but i don't know that definitely gave me a good work ethic at the time because i had to do that for like eight hours straight and my back was so strong i wish i could have that back still <laughs> I'm like of my 13 year old back <laughs>
1: you start slinging square bales for a summer and that'll toughen you up real quick
0: yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what would you say is the the lesson in your life
1: that has taken you the longest to learn? For me, longest to learn was the nutrition side. So okay. it's, you know, like, unless you have the nutrition side, you know, I mean, I know you're a coach. I know you've heard it and probably said it 10,000 times that you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Yeah, and When no matter how many times I would yo-yo over the years, like there wasn't, there wasn't a year where I wasn't trying to get back into shape, you know, former Marine, I want to get back into that for years, but every year I would lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. And then there wasn't a accompanying uh, diet to, to maintain it long-term. You know, when you, you take a week or a weekend off to, for a vacation, and then all of a sudden you stop doing it. And then you gain it back and then you do that cycle every year and that consistency is what's helped me maintain it and and keep that um because i i didn't do that in years past it was you know you you work out three hours a day and you do great and then all of a sudden you know you you hurt your knee or you hurt your shoulder and you're you're off for a week or two and then before you know it you you fall off the wagon and then you have to restart that whole process again. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was the hardest part for me to learn. Yeah.
0: It's definitely, it's such a slippery slope too. Like, especially if the injuries are involved, cause they're even, they just compound the effects even more because you literally have to take time off. I mean, not, yeah. you don't have to go a hundred percent off, but it's easy to use it as an excuse. Like, Oh, my knee's messed up. So I, I can't work out, but you can a little. You, just, it's easier to you say can you
1: can't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like right now, I've got uh, I've got an injury to my shoulder where it's just you know, uh, doing a little bit too much, and for the last few weeks it's been tweaked, and so yeah. now I've I've slowed down my weightlifting considerably. And in previous years, I would have just stopped working out and said, "All right, we got to let this heal, and then we'll come back to it after it's healed up." But now all I'm doing is I just switched. Now I'm just doing more running in the meantime while I'm while I'm doing more resistance for my shoulder and just rehabbing that. But I'll work out, I'll work out something else on my body. while I can't work out that, you know, (laughs) I never would have done that in previous years or had, had the capacity to think to do that.
0: Yeah. Do you, what would you attribute that shift in your mindset to be from it's fairly recent? You said, right. Within the past couple of years
1: just just this last year while I've been getting in shape because well now that you know I'm on X and or Twitter or whatever you want to call it with you know you and you know I talked to a, a ton of trainers and just you know people you know great people that just give advice like you know don't quit and do this <laughs> instead you know like there's there is there is no quitting you just figure out a way to to get it done you know if my knees hurt well that doesn't hurt my my upper body my upper body's fine you know, so you just figure it out and you find a way, rather than taking time off. You don't have to take the time off of your whole body. Yeah. The the rest of you is fine, right?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So you right? would say you know, it was more of a, just the communal aspect of social media, I guess. That's
1: that's. Oh, favorite, for sure.
0: Like shift for you.
1: My wife laughs at me because I'm not. Like, you know, yeah, I have a Facebook account, but I don't talk to anybody on Facebook. And, you know, like you you go to to wrestling practice and I'm the dad that's watching. I'm not hanging out with everybody, joking around. You know, I'm watching and just enjoying and doing the things. And then I'm on Twitter and I've got, you know, I've got you out East. I talk to, to, you know, coaches and friends that are in Wales and all over the country. And I, I tell her these things and she's like, you know, this, this isn't you. And I'm like, well, this is, but it is because like this, this community is like so incredibly supportive that, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, you're not my coach. But if I ask you a question or I need some advice, like there's there's a dozen people that jump right to it. Like, yeah, man, like, you know, I've been here. This is what I've done in the past. Check it out. Try it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's honestly been the biggest surprise for me. And I spoke about it on previous episodes before where I'm, I'm pretty anti-social media in general, to be honest with you. And I've found an enormous amount of value in Twitter, just from exactly what you're saying, just the, that it actually is a communal aspect to it that's been missing in real life for me, specifically, mm-hmm. because I work from home, so I don't go out much anymore in general. And so I don't get to interact in real life with people as much as I would like to. And it's nice, albeit digitally, it's not the best yeah. medium, but... It's exactly my, that's one of the biggest reasons I started the podcast too, is I just want to be able to chat with cool dads and get to interact with people like this. And like I said, Twitter has been surprisingly awesome.
1: (laughs) I think that's been the coolest part of that is like you get to meet people that you're going through these same experiences as you, you know, fatherhood and trying to stay in shape and, you know, you're go around the world and you can meet all these different people. And like, I can guarantee you, if you and I ran into each other, we would hang out, you know, like we know each other through Twitter, but if we, you know, we run into each other on a race, you know, we're going to, we're going to have fun. We're going to race each other on that race. And at the end, high five and have fun, you know, whereas if it's just, you know, Joe Schmo from town, I, you know, yeah, I'll say hi, but move on with the plan of our day. But (laughs) Twitter's been very very supportive and I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, me too. It makes it honestly makes made me feel less lonely and it sounds goofy, but it it is because a lot of people that I interact with in real life have no desires or ambitions or relate to anything that I yeah. enjoy and a lot of that is fitness related and fatherhood and all that stuff. But
1: and um, you're working from home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I just talk to my wife and daughters most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, but yeah, it drives me, oh, off yeah. me sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes you just need you, you need that different aspect.
0: Yeah. And specifically with a lot of the things that I'm trying to build in general with my whole dad fit community and the whole Masculinity aspect to it. I feel that's severely neglected in day to day life, and it shows. Like if you go to the park, you see dads just sitting there on their phones, not interacting with their mm-hmm. kids, and it's just raising a bunch of shitty kids, in my opinion. And it's, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. And it's <laughs> nice to be able to reach out and have people that are like, "Yeah, I don't understand it either." And like, right. I'm not alone it, in this because that's it. all I actually see in real life
1: you're not seeing a mirage like, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere
0: it's uh oh, it drives me crazy man
1: it's uh it's it's the distraction that that gets you know so many people caught up whether it's in their phone when they're at the playground or they're they're watching their kid at the ball game and you know they're they're off in la la land <laughs> um, you know being present being in the moment you know oh, yeah. i was I always pick on my wife because we go places and she's got to take a million photos and, and that's great. And I appreciate the photos, but then I, you know, like me, I, she'll ask me if I took pictures of this and I'm like, no, I was watching. Like, (laughs) I I never, I never think to even, you know, take a picture of most things because I'm, I'm so engaged and like I want to be there.
0: Yeah.
1: And and she, she wants to, you know, take the pictures and remember it. And, Uh, share that with, you know, uncles and family and all of that. And I never even think of it.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I I play both sides of that coin, honestly. So I have a, I mean, I have like a a DLSR, DSLR camera. So I Mm. I purposely and intentionally bring the camera and I set aside time consciously where I'm going to just like, all right, I'm just taking pictures right now. And then, Smart. then I put it in my bag, put it in the car and then I'm there fully present with everything. So it's, it's kind of like a best of both worlds for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, my wife, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's always on her phone. I was like, Get
1: I always tell her like I would take pictures, but I never think to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I just never think of it. Like, you know, yeah when when my kid is on the podium and he's getting his medal and everything, yeah, I'm I'm sitting there taking pictures too. But when he's in the moment, like I I don't even think of it. Like, he's in his match. I'm I'm busy yelling at him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't have time to sit there and stare at a tiny version of him. <laughs> right. That's funny. Do you think becoming a father has changed your perspective on fitness and nutrition? Or was oh, for it, sure. Uh, yeah.
1: No. It's so ever since I became a dad nine years ago, I've I've always tried to set the right example. You know, that's what fathers are there for. They're you know the parents are there to guide your kids, and you would think, I. <laughs> it's what you're there for, right? Yeah. And you don't always make the right decisions, but you, you try your best to and. Um, I think right now I'm at a point where I'm, I'm, I finally put all of the, all of the answers together for myself to set the right example, you know, and previously I had this aspect and I had that aspect from time to time, but I never was able to put it together. And my kids see that now too. And like I said before, they're making those healthy decisions for themselves and they're working out and doing all these different things. Like my kid is asking me to go play catch in the yard a lot more or in the basement. And, you know, then mom comes down the stairs and asks what we're doing and we're definitely not playing catch mom. I promise you that we're not not playing football in the house. No, No, that would never happen in this household. You know, it's like they're, they're just, they're always, now that I've gotten into shape, they're always moving their bodies now. And it's like, that's so cool. You know, even if it's in the basement, just messing around, like they're always moving, doing something. Whereas before, you know, they are probably watching TV and hanging out and they do that too, but they move a lot more now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's amazing how influential we are as parents, even in the moments where we're not trying to be because they, yeah. oh my God, they're little sponges and they just pay attention to everything except when we want them to for some reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I find that a little suspect personally but <laughs> yeah you, you heard everything i said to your mother when we were trying to talk privately but when i asked you to brush your teeth you suddenly
1: can't hear Now all of a sudden you're deaf got it we've <laughs> <laughs> been so there
0: besides, besides the uh the half marathon achievement so far this year do you have any other major memorable moments on your fitness journey so far
1: so the the only other real uh, the major goal besides the running side is um, I I want to be. I mean it's kind of an arbitrary goal because I don't know where I was exactly, but I want to be as strong as I was when I left the Marine Corps in 2009 by the end of 2024, and I'm I'm pretty close at this point, um, but I want to get past that. Um, yeah. You know I always tell my wife my my major goals are to be able to do anything I want, whether it's go for a run or go for a hike or a swim, or if I want to run a half marathon on a Saturday afternoon, I can do that. And then the other one is to be strong as shit. <laughs> so yeah. like, and it, it doesn't matter if, you know, if my, if I have a bum shoulder for a couple of weeks or whatever, if I have to, you know, do extra running for a couple weeks while that heals up. And then I come back and I hit the weights hard. So be it, you know, yeah, that's perfect. but I want to be—I want to be that dad because you know it's going to happen at some point when your kid gets into a, into a fight or an argument with somebody, and they say my dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> I don't want to—I you know—I don't want to say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll, I don't. I don't want to have to fight anybody, but I want to be able to think in my head like, yeah, I absolutely could. You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah you don't even want the other dad to. And, and, Entertain the idea of maybe- yeah. There you go. No, you no. don't have a chance, man.
1: <laughs> no, that's funny. Like uh, I was, I was doing, uh, I did uh, a, a challenge where I was trying to do 100 push-ups a day for 100 days, and by I think it was like day 45, day, or day 45 or day 55, I did 2,500 push-ups in 98 minutes. So I went from 100 a day to I did 2,500 in 98 minutes, and I was texting my brother and my uncle, and you know I told them and my brother. He was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I I, I could do I could do that too, but uh you know I don't have the time for it." And I'm like, "There's no, you can't. No, you you could pretend, but yeah. you you couldn't."
0: That's such a brother comment. Like you got. You I know. Don't be a bitch. Prove it then. <laughs>
1: just just admit it that you can't do fifteen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Gotta have brothers like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I was supposed to have a brother. Didn't quite make it. I was a little too strong in the womb, they told me, so
1: <laughs> twin? Or yeah. potentially would have been twin. Yeah,
0: yeah. Survival of the fittest, I guess.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I've, I've struggled oftentimes since becoming a father to be able to prioritize myself. Um, and I don't know you specifically, but how do you prioritize yourself? And did you ever struggle with that in the beginning?
1: Well, it's really funny that you said that because for years, I would always say that I was ninth place in my house. So everybody oh, yeah. else got two turns. Oh, okay. I, I no, I've got a wife and three kids. And I would say they all got, they all got to go twice or count twice and then I count. And then all of a sudden, like I was getting going on everything and it's, you know, my priorities do matter. You know, I, I matter, my health matters, my, you know, what I want to do matters. And yeah. just because, just because what I want to do takes a while every day doesn't mean that it can't happen. You know, it takes, it, it takes a few hours a day to, to get the, the workout that I want to do yeah. and that's fine. So if I still want to do that and want to be able to get what I want out of the day, I'll just do it earlier. And then I have the whole day to be able to give the rest of myself to my family, you know, and it took me a long time to recognize, like, it's okay for me to, to take that time for me and to have, my time to to do what I want. I just have to find the right time to do it so I can give the rest of myself to my family.
0: Yeah. I think that's something just happens to be
1: at four in the morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) think that's something we struggle with as men in particular is that it's, we're we're like, we were the protectors, we're the providers. So it's always easier to sacrifice for ourselves. If our family's needs are being met and it's, it's certainly something I've struggled with a lot and I still struggle with it, but, I've gotten better with it where it is okay for me. I always felt selfish. Honestly, that's, that's the word that would pop up into my head is, I mean, I could, I could be hanging out with my family right now, but instead I'm in my dirty ass basement lifting some weights and stuff. And I was like, I'd always rushed through my workouts and stuff. And I never quite got to where I wanted to be. And I, like I said, I always felt selfish, but fairly recently Say the last six months or so, um, there's been a fairly decent mindset shift in my brain where I don't feel like I'm fully capable of showing up for my family 100% unless I actually take care of myself 100% like I used to, and that's been pretty profound and resonates a lot with any anyone in my community or anyone I speak to and. I still feel selfish, but it's easy to be like, no, it's not even remotely selfish. It's selfish if I'm not putting effort into myself because of my family suffers even more.
1: Well, yeah. You know, you want to be able to be there with your family long-term. You know, I always yeah. say that when I'm a grandpa, I want to be able to race my grandkids. You know, I want, I want to, I want to show up for a 5k at 65 years old and challenge my 15 year old grandson and then beat them in that race, you know, <laughs> yes. like, I, I'm sure eventually my, my son is going to best me, but I'm going to put that day off as long as I possibly can. Yeah, and in the true. process, he's going to be better, stronger, and faster because of that himself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it took me a good 15 or 16 years before I finally beat my dad in something because he certainly <laughs> never, he never let me. And he even no. taught me the whole time too, which was hilarious now that I look back at it. And uh, yeah, it the sense of uh, accomplishment when I actually beat him without him letting me is something I see a lot of kids lacking because their parents just let them win or they just get participation trophies, which I hate with a passion. Stupid nonsense like that. It's like, you're not teaching them shit. You're making right. them weaker.
1: Well, and like, when it like me and my, my son will play, basketball in the driveway and you know yeah he's he's nine years old so i'll still let him win but i'm making him work really hard for it and i'll let him win by like missing shots i don't let him win by letting him dribble past me you know i'll miss a shot to to keep him in the game and let him push really hard to win and i'm still gonna block him 10 times but (laughs) that 11th time i'm gonna let him make his shot yeah you know but it's like it's just a different mindset you just you want your kids to succeed and you have that. I want them to be resilient, you know? And like, if I lose to dad, that doesn't mean that I stop playing, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to beat him next time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I attribute a lot of that to my father and grandfather, both of them, just because it was just how they were raised as well. And I feel like that's, that's something I try to project in my messages and the community that I build and they just, needs to be a lot stronger men and leadership. And I don't believe in toxic masculinity. Um, I, I believe there's toxic men for sure, but the, there needs to be that desire. Like you have to, you have to be able to do hard things as a man and you have to accomplish things. That's what motivates and drives us.
1: I, you know, and I think men, men, need to work i think that there's a a passion in their in in the male psyche to physically do labor and physically work um at at our house we raise we raise all of our own chickens and ducks and geese Um, so all of our, our most of our meat for the year we raise on our own property and every single night my son goes out with me and we'll be out there for anywhere from depending on the night, 20 minutes to an hour and a half, taking care of all these animals and he's putting in work and he's, (laughs) he's learning a great skill at the same time. And then at the very end of summer, he's right there alongside us processing all of these animals to, to feed our family for the next year. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's a hard, uh, it's hard for a nine-year-old to conceptualize, you know, like we have meat chickens that we're going to eat and then we have pet chickens that we keep, you know, but like, he understands it, he gets it, and he's he's there throughout that process because he's taking care of his family at the same time, and he totally understands, I'm doing this and care, caring for our family at the same time.
0: Yeah. It just makes him appreciate everything so much more, too, because there's such a massive disconnect with normal day-to-day living, mm-hmm. with people's food, and we do the same thing here. We don't quite have as many animals yet, and mainly because we live in Long Island, so there's – We're pretty close to the city, so we can't have everything we want. But, yeah, we have chickens. We also have a giant raised vegetable garden bed and all that stuff. And it's just – it's so important to me to be able to have that connection with my nutrients and being able to put in the work to be able to feed my body and my family. And it's nice that your son is – so deeply involved with that and I he's going to be an awesome kid. He's a wrestler. He's going to be he's, a good kid. He's
1: a, he's a cool dude. Yeah. yeah. And he's lucky. He looks exactly like me.
0: <laughs> he's probably as humble as you then too, right? Just about, yeah. Oh, he's great. getting there. <laughs> Well, we've been going about an hour, so um, I don't want to – I want to respect your time, so I don't want to keep you for too much longer. But do you have any specific rituals or traditions with your family that you think uh, influence – I forgot where I was going with that. Shit, I lost my question.
1: (laughs) I can answer it anyway. Yeah.
0: We'll keep it broad then. I don't, I I know I had it focused on fatherhood, but I don't, yeah.
1: So for, uh, when it relates to, you know, my health and fitness, um, for, I always look at it, you know, I don't do cheat days. Um, I cheated myself for 36 years in doing spiraling and doing yo-yoing and all of that. Um, but I refuse to not treat myself with my family. And so tradition, just like everybody else is, you know, you know, like everybody in the holidays, they always go crazy during you know, like November and December uh, birthday parties and all that. They always go nuts and do everything wrong for a series of days in a row or weeks in a row. And while, while we still partake and still do holidays and everything, and now what we do is we do treat meals. So if it's a, if it's a birthday party, you better believe I'm still going to have cake and ice cream with my six-year-old. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. You know, I'm still going to, I'm still going to have, um, you know, coconut cream pie on Thanksgiving, but what that next meal, I'm right back on what I would normally do. And I'm very blessed in that my wife is extremely creative. And so like, she'll make all of these foods use generally using the exact same ingredients that I would use that, that I would eat anyway under my diet. So even though I'm, we're having, you know, cake and ice cream for, for a birthday party, it's, you know, all foods that I would normally eat. It's, you know, using raw milk and eggs grown in our backyard, then instead of, you know, batter from a box.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, at the end of these, I usually uh, ask if the guest has anything they want to pitch. I mean, I know you're not a coach or anything right now. Um, People will give you a follow on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it is now. Um anything else you want or point people towards or
1: I would just I would say, you know, I'm I'm not a coach. Um I, I don't I don't want to be a coach. I couldn't handle, you know, that type of <laughs> coaches, you know, like that that responsibility of checking in with your clients every single day and making sure that they're on point, like power to you, man. I can't do it. Like that's dedication right there and all i would say is find your resources and reach out to people because people have you know there's no one size fits all and there's nothing that's going to you know be the right fit for everybody but there's a lot of really great ideas out there and there's a ton of awesome people out there that want to help and you know not everybody's trying to you know like people aren't trying to sell you a product necessarily they're just you know if you have a question people want to help you know, and find your resources and talk to people.
0: Love it, man. That's such a, just a great overarching theme for life in general.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Talk to dads. Cause Hey, we're all in that same struggle.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Struggle. It's, it's amazing how rewarding and frustrating it is simultaneously.
1: <laughs> it really is totally worth it at the end, yeah. especially when they're asleep. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, they're so cute when they're sleeping.
1: <laughs> they really are. That's You're getting cuter.
0: Well, Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, man. It's been a blast. Um, like I said, I'll put all the links to your stuff in the show notes, and that's it, man. Thank you again for coming on.
1: Absolutely, Barrett. Nice to see you. We'll talk to you soon. Catch you later, man. Bye. Hey, if you
0: found any value in any of these podcast episodes, first of all, I appreciate you for listening, and I would love to hear from you, to be honest with you. If you could leave a review, uh, some ratings, share with your friends, it'll all help build the DadFit community.